You're listening to the Joyful Warrior Podcast with yours truly, Tiffany Justice. Join us as we talk about the issues that are impacting you and your family in America today. Let's get started. Hello, Keisha King. Welcome to the Joyful Warrior Podcast. And you exemplify uh, joyful warriors in, in Moms for Liberty, in the Moms for Liberty world. You have become quite um, a national <laughs> treasure, right, over the past week, two weeks now. Um, and, and you uh, were at, tell us at the, the event that you were at and, and all of this media attention, you made a statement. So tell us a little bit about that for moms that are listening that haven't, haven't heard from you. Yes. So, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad and happy to be a part of Moms for Liberty and everything that uh, we're doing together. Um, So I was at the Pray Vote Stand Summit in Virginia, um, you know, kind of the battleground of where everything has been happening around Loudoun County. And um, just thinking about all the work that we have have been putting in with going to the school board meetings, going, you know, writing letters, um, emailing school boards, just not feeling heard, uh, rallies we were doing, peaceful protests that we've done, um, everything that we've done, um, it just felt like we weren't being heard. Um, Almost like we would go to speak at these meetings and their minds would already be made up. And so I just started thinking like, seems like there's got to be something else that will jar them to wake them up to say, you do not have the right to control our children. Parents. So when you say they, when you say they, you're, you mean like school boards, superintendents, school districts, right? Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. School boards, superintendents, teachers, unions, um, all of it. And then when the FBI or when the National School Board Association uh, petitions the Biden administration with a notice to sick the FBI on American citizens, American parents, and call us domestic terrorists, that was kind of like, is <laughs> pretty much, you know, the pinnacle. And I, you know, I just felt like they, they, we need to hit them where it hurts, you know, so to speak. And that's pulling our children out. And, you know, it doesn't have to be permanent, you know, but they do need to realize that we are the ultimate and final say of what our children um, experience in public schools. And so um, I said, you know, at this point, we just need a mass exodus. And it just, you know, everybody's exploded. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I was, you know, I, I was very shocked. You know, I just, you know, how you, you say things, you know, this is, you, you, you talk and this is what's on your heart and your mind, but I, I just was not expecting this kind of, um, <laughs> no, well, I mean, so let's talk about that for a second. So Moms for Liberty, you, you joined Moms for Liberty. When did you join? We started in January of 2021. And I think Tina met you when? I think, I think it was like April or May, I want to okay. say. And so you joined on, you have two daughters, a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, right? And yes. and I have four kids, a daughter who's 16. You and I have commiserated in the past about, you know, teenage daughters and raising yes. teens today. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have three boys who are, are younger, uh, 13, uh, 11, and 10. Um, mm-hmm. 
But so, yeah, so you get out on the stage and you say, I, I just, you said the enemy has no chill, which I completely 100% agree with. And, and they don't. And, um, and you said, you know, this mass exits now moms for Liberty is very much about, you know, reforming public education, because we know there, are, we all have kids in public ed and we have, and I served as a school board member. Um, so when you came out and made that statement, there were a lot of people that were like, wait a second, I thought moms for Liberty was all about, you know, working within public schools and building relationships. And we are, um, in many ways, but I think you touched on something that a lot of moms felt, which is, wait a second. I'm sorry, we have been peace. We have been peaceful. We have been speaking our mind. You know, in, in Duval, you and other moms and dads have been speaking out at school board meetings. And you know what Moms for Liberty stands for, which is very much about building relationships. And um, but I think you really hit on a moment where there was a line that was crossed when the government decided to attack parents. And um, so I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about what parents are feeling, I know you still have one daughter in public school, you have pulled one child out. So you're kind of straddling right in both sides. And then even yeah. as parents are pulling their kids out of school, um, you know, just wanted to talk about how we can't stop fighting for public schools, right? And for that change to happen. Um, because we know there are a lot of kids in school and parents may not be able to pull them out right away. And they, they may not have the resources to do that right now. So just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit. Sure. So um, what the other part that I said that doesn't get played very often is that we do need a public school reformation. I don't think that we should um, just totally abandon public school at all. Uh, quite the contrary. I believe that public schools um, can certainly be a benefit uh, to many, many parents, uh, many, many children. Um, as they have been, you know, in the past, it's not, you know, this, this is not a one size fits all thing. Um, so I certainly believe that we still, even while some parents may pull their children out um, permanently, some may do temporarily, some may do, um, you know, some may leave their children in public schools. The, the, the bottom line is to get these school board members, these teachers unions, the, the NSBA, to wake up and realize that they do not have the power to tell parents um, what we are to do with our own children. So I absolutely 100% support um, public school reformation. I don't think we should those children who whose parents um, aren't able to pull their children out or 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 still are satisfied with their um, with their public school, that's fine. But some of this curriculum that is in the public schools, it absolutely absolutely needs to be addressed. And those children who remain in public schools will be in society one day. And you know, I don't want um, children that are under you know these public schools who are teaching like, you know, critical race theory or coercing or forcing children to uh, mandate, you know, all of these things, masks and vaccines and all this kind of stuff, they're going to be in society. And I don't want to see a generation of children who believe that, you know, because they're white, they're oppressed and because they're black, they're, um, or because they're white, they're oppressors. And because they're black or minorities, they are oppressed. That if, if, if you remain, if they remain in these public schools, that cannot, we can't 
have that be the mindset that they leave with when they leave these institutions that they are perpetually, you know, in these permanent classes um, that these the public schools are teaching. I mean, it's just, I mean, even with the governor, the, the candidate for governor of Virginia, uh, you know, bombshell evidence <laughs> comes out that he, his administration is when he was governor before, he did teach uh, critical race theory. He was, his administration signed off on it. So this is real, this is happening. And, you know, absolutely not. We cannot leave um, public schools the way they are. We definitely need uh, reformation. And I 100% support that. And so from parents that are listening, what advice do you have as far as digging into their kids' education? If parents are starting to get worried, I know you had a couple incidents with your girls and you said, wait a second, um, you know, something's not right here. Your girls were very open with you about some of the things that were happening in school. So just some advice to parents about talking to their kids about some of this stuff that might be happening and then addressing it, right? And, and with the school leadership, if you have any advice on how you've been able to handle that. So what I, the approach that I took uh, with my oldest daughter, so my youngest daughter's a uh, special needs child. So it's, it's a little bit more difficult for her to communicate certain things that's going on. But because I pulled her out a couple years ago, um, I have, you know, I've developed really good relationships with uh, the administrators and we have, you know, we talk very often. So if there's anything that I'm concerned about, I'm very comfortable and they are very open about what's going on. And she's but in a private oldest, school or she's in private. Okay. Yes. And so with my oldest daughter, um, when I saw the red flags, I guess we can call them of, you know, critical race theory. Um, you tell us, tell everybody flag. what was your daughter's first, what was that experience you, you've shared with me before, but if you can share what your daughter was telling you was going on in school. Sure. So well, I guess it was actually red flag. So the first thing that happened was her first week of school, this is eighth grade, um, the teacher sent home this, you know, document and was like, wanted to know what pronoun she wanted to be identified by. And I was just really concerned about that. Um, I didn't like that that was being presented to her. Um, that's not something that she was seeking any advice on or, you know, she wasn't, uh, there was no cry for help from my child or anything like that. So the fact that that was being presented was a problem for me. So that was, I guess, the red flag. And so what I did was I just said, um, you know, I, I emailed the teacher, didn't get a response. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not going to go nuts. But I told my daughter, I said, just be mindful. Here are some of the things that we've been seeing going on. So just be mindful. You know, you don't have to. Um, you know, make a big deal about it, just pay attention. And she recorded a lecture um, one day, same teacher, <laughs> funny enough, mm -hmm. um, where she was talking about how they were going to be discussing some books um, that, uh, that they were going to read. And you would think that, you know, it would have been, a, a, you know, an academic discussion or a literary discussion or, you know, something like that. Instead, um, she focused on the racial themes that were in some of the books. And she started to, to divide the kids. And when I say divide, I, she, I, I don't think she, that she physically divided them. Now, mind you, this is a voice recording. So I'm not seeing the class. I'm just hearing what's going on. So it, she divided the children. She, she spoke to them in their 
identity groups. For instance, she was she would say to a child, oh, as an African-American child, how do you feel about this? As an Asian child, oh, you're a member of the LGBTQ community. You know, she was breaking them down into their groups. And what you heard on the recording was all the groups started to just Ooh. be pit against each other. And they all started, it was chaotic. They just all started talking about all their different grievances of how, I mean, it was it was not anything that needed to be um, in a classroom. And it was not, there was no learning that was going on there. There was, it, she was, it was divisive and she wasn't creating like a, there was no unity of saying, you know, we're all uh, Americans or we're all, you know, students of the school. We're all, you know, there was nothing of we're all in this together. It was, you know, these little groups that right. she was and that everybody that looked a certain way thinks the same way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, my daughter, I was like, please let me play this recording. Uh, I was like, please. She was like, mom, absolutely mm -hmm. not. She, I was like, you're not even like, cause she was quiet. You know, she was quiet throughout the whole class. She was like, no, but they're going to know. And I was like, ah, cause I would love to have shown people what is going on. Yeah, because when you hear it and see it for yourself, it really is striking when it when it's happening with your own children and it opens mm -hmm. up. But, you know, the, the problem is, Keisha, do we have to wait for every child to experience this? Right. And, and unfortunately, more and more children are experiencing this type of situation in the classroom. But you bring up a really good point about the fact that the kids are scared. Right. To 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 bring it up to parents because they're concerned that they're going to face backlash at school for in some way. And we've seen that, um, yeah. haven't we? Absolutely. And the, you know, the, the other interesting thing, the, the white children in, the, in that class, they didn't even get addressed. And I, you know, I don't think that I, unless they were a part of uh, like the LGBTQ or, but they, their concerns, their grievance, if you will, they never got addressed. So they were just kind of, you know, and I, I just, um, you know, I find that really sad that this is where we are, that, you know, you would break children down like that. But yeah, no, if, if she wouldn't have said that, uh, told me, recorded it, um, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. I wouldn't have known and would not have been able to uh, bring light to this uh, situation. So when you were at that conference and you were speaking and I got to watch you and um you know, I sat and I was so proud because you did explain that we all have been active, right? And we have been working and you've been a part of a group of parents. Now we have 150 chapters across the United States, 31 states, I believe. I know growing like crazy, but, you know, we're all moms and dads and, and connected in our parental rights. And so um, when you were speaking and saying, you know, we have been trying, I just want people to know how invested you've been um, in, in trying to help make that change in your own community. Um, and now, you know, the entire country gets to see you and, and learn well and learn from you. So tell us a little bit, because I know that you're, you've made some effort to, um, for parents that are looking to, for an alternative to public education, um, but may not know how to go about that. I know you're working on some things. So can you share that with us? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to, when I started digging into, um, 
pulling my child out and, you know, how that's going to look for her. I was so overwhelmed, surprised, proud of all of the work that parents have been doing on the, I mean, there is so much information. Homeschooling is not what it was five years ago, 10 years ago. It is an advanced uh, system. I mean, you know, I thought I was coming up um, with some new idea. I was uh, calling uh, one of our friends <laughs> from another group and I was like, yeah, so, you know, we can take these homeschooling co-ops and we can, uh, you know, they can still have, you know, we put the kids together at the end of, you know, football season and they can have homecoming court. And then, you know, we can have a yearbook committee and, you know, they don't have to lose everything that they have. And, and you know, that they get in public school. She goes, Keisha, they're already doing that. She said, we got band, we got soccer, we got baseball, we got football. I'm like, this is incredible. So um, I I started uh, just I guess a web page for now, you know, until until I can get uh, get it, you know, fully developed. Yeah, well, we all start somewhere. We're all starting somewhere. <laughs> yeah, this podcast so, will probably look different in a couple months when you know we get we when I get my maybe I won't be I'm, I'll probably still be in front of the fireplace, <laughs> the one right. quiet part of my house. But yes, I get right. it. So you started um, a website. Is it what is the website? So it's uh, a king.com forward slash mass exodus. Okay. Wonderful. So, um, and it's just a resource page, uh, you know, for now, just where parents can go and get some really, really good education, some first steps on uh, what to do and what's out there, their rights that they have, um, you know, the legal support that they have because, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they don't want uh, parents to homeschool uh, a lot of these institutions because it does cut into their, um, it cuts into the public school. Uh, it, it cuts in not in a way, I mean, I believe that that, you know, the fund should follow the children. I believe in school choice, um, but it cuts into their, their, I, I call it their, um, their automatic customer, <laughs> you know, they have a guaranteed customer. They don't have to, they don't have to provide a good service. They don't have to be accountable for, for anything that they produce. They just have a guaranteed customer and, you know, there's no, there's no competition with that. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to create a, a resource page so people can, parents can know this doesn't have to look like you know, you trying to teach your child by yourself, uh, that's not your specialty, or if you need to still work a full-time job, because many parents do, or, you know, resources that are out there to help you financially to get this done. There's just so many things out there that, that I think a lot of parents will be surprised by. Well, and I think that's fantastic. So it's uh, www.keishaking um, mm-hmm. backslash mass exodus. Is that correct? KeishaKing.com KeishaKing.com forward slash, excuse me, mass exodus. Okay. So um, I'm I'm glad that you not only made that statement, but that you are, you know, in true, um, in in true Moms for Liberty style, right? We're going to address the issue, but we're going to bring some solutions. And so you're offering that. And and I think that's really fantastic. Um, One of the things that I think, um, and you and I've talked a little bit um, before about um, people using all of the tools in their toolbox as Americans to help our country, right, as we move forward. And so you've got some tools in your toolbox as far as media uh, relations are concerned and some of the advocacy work that you've done in the past. So um, before we close out today, I'd love if you could give some advice to, um, let's say to women, 
right now to other moms. Um, they're doing interviews locally that they've never done before, right? So um, any advice you maybe have for them with some of the, the media relations that they maybe could, that they're working on? Yeah, uh, well, you know, stay, try to remain calm. <laughs> try to remain calm. Um, you know, think about the end goal of what you really want to communicate. What's the, what's the main driver of, you know, what you're really trying to communicate. And at the end of the day, all of this is, you know, for our children, this is for the future generations. So I think that helps to, you know, refocus you when you have all of these things coming at you, including the FBI, uh, you know, or threats of them coming after you, it can really, um, it, it can make you feel like there is nothing you can do and it can make you infuriated. I mean, it, it can, when you have the American government, as big as it is, as powerful as it is, for them to say, you know, they're going to put their weight behind that, that can really make you infuriated and it can also make you scared. So I would say, don't be scared. Do not, you know, get infuriated, stay focused, keep the mission, you know, in the forefront of your mind, keep your children and your families, um, you know, as well protected as you can um, and just keep, you know, stay the course stay the course. We're on the right side of history. If there is anything you have a God-given right to fight for, it is fighting for your children. My goodness. Who would have thought that, you know, in America, we would be, we would have to remind them that we have this right to parent and parent in the way that we see fit for our own children. So my advice would be- I want to thank you so much for being such a leader for women across America and for moms. Um, everything you're saying, I think, you know, so it resonates with so many of us. And um, I'm just proud that you are speaking your truth and that America is listening. So um, thank you for joining us. Keisha. Um, everyone can head to Keisha's webpage if you'd like some more um, tips and some um, ideas about um, alternative uh, education for your kids outside of public school. Uh, we are Moms for Liberty, not Moms for Conformity. So we believe you need to do what's best for your own children, right? And, and we trust parents to make that decision. So thank you for joining us, Keisha. I hope you come back again on the Joyful Warrior podcast. We are Joyful Warriors. We will smile right? And we are going to, uh, we are going to smile our way through uh, fixing public education and, and writing the course of this country. So um, thanks, Keisha. And I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Awesome. Bye. Next up, we're going to answer questions from all of you joyful warriors around the country. Hey, Joyful Warriors. Uh, so now we're going to answer some questions that uh, I've received from members and moms around the country uh, over the past week or so. And one of the questions that I have received from moms is about speaking at school board meetings. And um, a couple different questions about that. Uh, the first one that I'd like to tackle is, um, if you've pulled your child out of school, out of the public school system, um, are you still allowed to speak at school board meetings? And the answer to that is yes. You are absolutely allowed to speak at school board meetings, any concerned person is allowed to come and speak at school board meetings. Any happy person is allowed to come and speak at school board meetings. They are open to the public. And um, many of you know I served as a school board member and um, 
It was a great experience. Citizen input is really important. So yes, even if you've decided to pull your child out of public school for now, um, that doesn't mean that your child eventually might not go back into public school. Um, and um, that doesn't mean that you stop being interested in the things that are happening in public education in America, right? So we encourage our moms to make the best choice for their own child. And sometimes that means public school. Sometimes that means private school or charter school. Sometimes that means homeschooling. Um, but you are absolutely still allowed and able and definitely should stay uh, involved in, in the public education system in your community. Um so uh, that's the first thing. Definitely go and speak. Um, and if somebody tells you that uh, you don't have a child in public school, so you're not allowed to speak or you don't have a stake in what's happening in public education, you should just tell them, as my dad used to say, uh, take a hike, because that is just not true. So uh, that was the first question about school meetings. The second one was... Um, how to deal with the fact that sometimes when you're speaking out at school board meetings, it's hard for your kids at school, or um, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult to build relationships sometimes because you may be coming and speaking to the school board and addressing an issue that's happening at your child's school. And, um, you know, let's be honest, people do not like being criticized. And um, it, 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 I'm not going to lie and say that it'll all be easy. Um, when you're going to go and speak, at a meeting. You want to make sure that you're informed and educated about the issues, right? And you want to be respectful when you go to the meeting and, and when you address the board, because I think you, you're definitely taken more seriously if you're respectful and informed and educated on the issues. Um, but the truth is that, you know, you may not uh, make a lot of friends that way sometimes, especially at first. Um, people are wary uh, of new people coming and, and addressing issues. And so, um, the best advice I have to give you on this is smile. Uh, I remind you guys all the time, be a joyful warrior. That means standing up, standing proud, smiling, um, and advocating in an effective way, remembering that our children are watching. And um, if your kids are embarrassed that you're speaking out at school board meetings, I know my kids were, you know, I could sneeze and it might embarrass one of them, who knows. But, um, you know, I think you have to explain to them that you are invested in their education and um, that you'd like, that you feel it's important for your voice to be heard and um, that you want to make school better for them and for every other child uh, that is in that school because informed and involved parents make for better public schools. And um, parents, we know we're a huge driver of, of our children's success. Uh, no one wants to see our children succeed as much as we do. And so uh, don't give up. Keep going to meetings. Keep speaking out. Um, if your school board has decided that they're going to somehow uh, limit some of the school board uh, input, the citizen input at your meetings, or if they've changed some of the things about uh, what's been happening at your school board meetings, um, camera angles, time you can speak, those types of things that we've seen. And I think we've all seen that a little bit, right? Um, appeal to them and ask them to go back to what it was before. If, if you had three minutes and now you have one, um, ask for the three minutes back. Uh, don't stop asking. If citizen input used to be a part of the business meeting and it's been removed and taken out of it, um, ask for the citizen input to be put back into the meeting. Remind the elected officials and, and the school district staff um, how important parent involvement is and um, how important it is in America uh, to exercise our right to address our elected officials um, in, in a public manner. So um, 
don't give up. Keep going to school board meetings. Um, I've been so incredibly proud of how everyone um, is representing Moms for Liberty and um, trying to build relationships and make a difference. And we've been through a really hard time in this country. And um, you know, I, I think we're we're kind of finally coming to a place now where everyone's getting to know each other in these school board rooms, right? And so let's continue to work to build relationships. Um, I think we all want the same thing, which is for the children to be successful in school, to see schools unfold the full potential of every child. And uh, the only way that's going to happen if is if parents and schools and communities work together. So um, I hope that is helpful to some of the questions answering some of the questions that I received this week. And uh, next up, we chat with Pat. Hey, Joyful Warriors. So now again, my favorite part of the podcast, we get to chat with Pat. Hello, Pat. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I um, was just looking for a good movie to watch. Um, Have you seen the movie Gaslight? I have not seen Gaslight, but I have heard a lot about gaslighting. And so um, I think I'm going to have to rent this movie. Um, it, it was in the, it was made in the 1940s. And um, I guess it's, it's a guy who makes his girlfriend question um, her experiences in view of the world um, and, and does some things to her to make her think she's going crazy. But in reality, she's not. And so I heard this term gaslighting being used a lot recently um, on Twitter and, you know, because of a lot of the different things happening with COVID. And um, so I had looked up the movie and learned a little bit about it, yet to watch it, been a little busy. But so explain to us, what is gaslighting exactly like as we see it around us today now? Yeah, so I keep I kept hearing this term gaslighting, and I actually found in Psychology Today an article about gaslighting, and it's when you intentionally try to make someone think they're wrong, even when they're right, and it's usually a form of psychological abuse that makes a person question their own perceptions, and it can harm their mental health. And it's usually the purpose, the reason why you would be gaslighted is so that the other person can gain power and control over you. I just want to stop you for a second because you have such a lovely accent and you say things in such a beautiful way. But this is a really kind of nasty thing we're talking about, right? I mean, this isn't like something nice that you would do to someone that you care about. Oh, no. This a lot of, I mean, when you're talking about interpersonal relationships, usually this is um, in an abusive situation that this would happen. Um, Sort of, you know, in families, um, you would think of spousal abuse or even sometimes, you know, with when you're dealing with narcissistic personalities. But as we are seeing as parents, um, it seems like we're having this relationship with the government lately. Yeah, and I would say like that when the American Academy of Pediatrics came out and said like, oh, it's not that big of a deal whether or not your baby sees your face, like every mom knows that's a lie, right? And so Correct. would that be gaslighting? Is that kind of like, you know, telling you something that you know goes against yes. everything that you know it like inside of yourself, right? You know 100% for fact and actually all the science leading up to just like currently has told us all that babies develop and they, how babies develop and how, and the experiences that they need. And whenever, um, all of a sudden things change and everything you know to be true and is based in fact is, is all of a sudden 
flipped on its head. What's the reasoning? I mean, why is that? And it's because they're gaslighting you. So, okay, what are the signs of gaslighting? Tell us, what are some of the signs that okay. you be looking for? So here are the signs. First of all, um, you will be lied to about things that you know to be true. Uh, they will consistently disagree with you on details. They question your facts. They will double down even when you give them evidence. Like we see this all the time when parents go and offer um, empirical evidence to support their case and still um, a doubling down even when you have the facts with you. They tell you you don't see the world the right way and that their view is a better version of the truth. Wow, that's a big, that's a big one. Uh-huh. Right. If you only and, saw things my way, you'd be able to have a better understanding. Correct. That's interesting. Well, yeah, and there's just something wrong with you. But is there right. something wrong with you because your worldview is different than mine, or different than the one we tell you you have to have? Um, and they say they don't trust your perception because you've been wrong before. Like we all make mistakes, right? So if sure. you make a mistake and you misspeak, then all of a sudden you're wrong in everything you know, you're completely discredited. Um, and so uh, they try to invalidate you in order to get their way. So that's one sign is the lies. Okay. Another sign is that they are going to accuse you of doing the exact things that they do. Oh, I've seen in other this. Words, <laughs> yes. Yeah. In other words, they deflect and they distract. So let's see if we've heard this. They accuse us of not following science. Mm -hmm. Yes. Accuse you of not having morals. When your Christian worldview doesn't match their social justice agenda. Yeah, if you accuse you, seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. accuse you of suppression when they violate your rights as a parent every day. Right. Um, accuse you of racism when they are perpetuating this lie of CRT and that you're either oppressed or you're an oppressor because of the way you were born and the color of your skin. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds like familiar. gaslighting. Mm. Um, accuse you of bigotry when they actually hate your religion, your culture, and systematically try to undermine your ability to bring up your children in the way that is right. So I think that, you know, a lot of parents over the past, you know, I mean, I, I'd say in the past couple of years, because parents have gotten a view into their children's education and schooling in a, in a totally new way. And I think the way that schools were closed and kept closed really made parents second guess the judgment of the people that were actually, you know, running the schools and the teachers unions and all of that. Right. And, right. um, but I, I think parents do feel that there are a lot of things that are being taught in school and discussed in school that are completely antithetical to the, the, the teaching in their home and the values that they're trying to bring their children up with. So, um, that is very interesting to me. You know? It is. And instead of respecting you and your culture and the way you want to raise your children and the way you believe your belief system, then they turn that around on you and actually use it to attack your character. That's too bad. Um, so, so that's gaslighting. Is there any... So the, well, there's two more things. Okay. So they also will uh, call you crazy. I mean, they're trying to make you crazy, right? It's emotional abuse. But they will actually call you crazy, emotionally unbalanced. Say so when you get upset, so when you get upset because they're intentionally trying to make you feel right. crazy, then they call Correct. you crazy and they use that against you too. Fun. Yes. 
Yeah. And you know, as moms, we hear this a lot, you know, you're just overreacting. You're just, you know, we hear this a lot as women, especially, um, but that that's something they'll do. And then they will try to undermine your ability to advocate by separating you. They will try to exclude you from events from meetings. I have heard this from chapter chairs many times where they have sought to be included in committees in schools, uh, parent committees, and they've been told they cannot participate because they are a member of Moms for Liberty. Um, I have, you know, so they will, they try to separate you and keep you out. And the goal Uh, with that, the goal with that, if I can just say is, you know, they hope that by doing that, it's going to discourage us and it's going to say, well, maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe if we were on our own, no, 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 people, I will just tell you right now, you are so much stronger united together, advocating together for your parental rights, whether or not you agree with the parent sitting next to you about the the way that you choose to raise your child, um, you know, at Moms for Liberty, we respect that every parent parent has that fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children. Whether or not I agree with you is not the issue at hand. And so um, that separation to me and that, that, that is a a really interesting weapon. I think that's used and um, don't fall for it. And you know, they try to, they try to harm your ability to uh, find people to support you. So they will lie and slander your, you in the community. Um, They will print misinformation. You always know they have nothing you know, when, when you're dealing with the issues and they're attacking you personally, you know, that's when you know that they really, yes. that you're on the right track. And right. They're and then they're, yes. Yeah, so they're hoping for three things, right? They're hoping you're going to quit yep. um, because you're getting that. And, or they're hoping that other people will say, geez, I don't want that trouble. So I'm going to stay away from that. Right. Or they're hoping they can convince people of the misinformation um, that they're spreading about you. So I so, think over the past year and a half, two years, I think we've, we've seen, you know, moms are getting really wise to this, right? Parents are getting really wise Mm -hmm. to it. They see it happening. They've seen it happening before. These are things that the, that I think some of the school districts have employed um, some of these techniques for years and years. And um, I think now we're seeing parents are kind of, you know, seeing it for what it is. So we've defined what gaslighting is and, and how it's done. How do we deal with these gaslighters, Pat? Okay, so um, there are a few things that I've read that will help you. Number one, um, I would say most importantly, if you're um, a spiritual person and if you believe in God or whatever, you know, however you worship, cling to your faith because that will be something, something that comforts you and guides you. So I always recommend that you spend time, um, you know, with with God, spend time in prayer um, because that is where I personally draw a lot of strength. Um, and also, you want to minimize contact. So if uh, the gaslighter is uh, a government, a person in the school board or in the school district, make sure that you have written communication with them or follow up. Uh, with, if you do have to have an in-person communication, follow up with that email. I remember when you spoke with Jeff Childers, the attorney, about how to get them on paper. Yeah, remind people Um, of that quickly. If you have a conversation with your school district and they only want to communicate by phone, we're seeing that a lot lately. They don't want to put anything in mm -hmm. writing. What you need to do is send a recap email. So you're going to write an email to the person that you spoke with and you're going to kind of reiterate what was said in the conversation and what whatever resolution or next steps were going to be taken. And at the end of that email, you say, um, 
you know, if, if there's anything here that I've stated that you don't agree with or, you know, I, that I, I have a, a misunderstanding in, please let me know. And uh, when I spoke with Jeff Childers, who's a, a friend and a, a lawyer, he said um, any reasonable person, the court will expect any reasonable person to uh, respond to that. Um, and if they don't, then um, it can be seen as an admission or as an acceptance of the, the statement. So it's important to go back and to write that recap email. So what's the next thing, Pat? So Yes. So then also don't give them real estate in your brain. Ooh, Sometimes the gas later, the gaslighters are people um, who are other stakeholders in the community or just other, uh, I call them trolls, you know, the social media trolls. You know, if you have people attacking your character or trying to separate you um, from your people, uh, spreading misinformation about you, what you need to do is just block it. Just block that. They, you're never going to convince those people. Um, and so block it, put it out of your mind, um, and don't worry about it. You just keep smiling and you keep moving forward and just leave all that hate behind you because what that is, is just a distraction and it's going to keep you from your mission. And so don't let it have power over you. Yeah, don't use your energy up, right? You only have Correct. so many hours in the day and so much ability to focus on things and find balance with your family. So don't don't give the haters and the gaslighters your energy. Put the energy towards yes. something that's going to make a difference. And don't retaliate. I mean, you know, it's it, the tit for tat never works out, right? So right. if somebody posts a, um, a meme of a you know, maybe a picture of you that's not very flattering. If you turn around and do the same childish thing, that's not going to help you in the um, mission of saving America for our children. So don't retaliate. Don't get mad and get even because when you stoop to their level, then um, they're going to use that against you. So uh -huh. yeah, I would I, say, uh, I, and, and the only time that I would deal, I mean, but when I say don't retaliate, that's, of course, unless they're breaking the law. If there are credible threats against you, if they are breaking the law, then seek out law enforcement, seek out help help from law enforcement by all means. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And we've had some situations, you know, we're aware of some situations where um, there have been actions that have been taken that we, you know, some members have had to report to the police and they're doing that and the, and the law, local law enforcement has been responsive. Um but I agree with mm -hmm. the don't retaliate. You know, as joyful warriors, we're always seeking to elevate the conversation. Um, we're building yes. relationships. And, you know, being on the school board or, or speaking to your school board shouldn't be an adversarial situation. So in that situation, you know, let's, let's again, elevate the conversation. Great advice. Yeah. And, so, and another thing that um, it, it brings to mind is lots of times uh, the gaslighters will engage in revisionist history. So you and I have been at this for a very long time. And it's funny how sometimes um, the thing that everybody's arguing about today will come back up four years from today. And all of a sudden the narrative changes and they will gaslight you and lie to you about what happened four years ago. So um, the advice is to always keep receipts, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, take the screenshots, keep a journal if you need to, um, file emails. I have in my email, um, you know, I have email boxes where I file emails so I can find them. Um, but you want to keep receipts so that you can fact check uh, when you need to. Um, and also, you know, your, your self-esteem can suffer when you're being attacked in this manner. So lend first aid to your self-esteem. 
remind yourself about your good qualities and the successes you've had because I think the best way to counteract negativity is positivity. Um, and so don't allow that negativity to bring yourself so far down that you're constantly second guessing yourself, that you're afraid to act um, or you know, that you are so down on yourself that you're frozen. So um, lend first aid to your self-esteem and be honest with yourself about the, the good things and the strengths that you have. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's a that's great advice. And I always suggest, like, if your district records your school board meetings and you go and you speak, or if you do an interview, if you're with Moms for Liberty and you do an interview, go back and listen to it and take notes um, and, and think about how you can improve or if you could have um, – gotten your point across in, in a clearer way. Um, but, you know, maybe have a friend listen to it, right, or practice. Um, because I do think that um, practicing and listening to, you know, and, and making sure that you're on the right track and kind of just doing those self-checks can help. Yeah. And there may be a case where you may need to call out the personal attacks. Um, there are things called ad hominem attacks where someone um, tries to assassinate your character, um, to question your perspectives, argue that you're untrustworthy. Um, so, you know, you can call that abuse out and say, you know, you've, you've attacked this, you've, you've simply tried to attack me, um, and, you know, that is, that's not acceptable or appropriate, and I reject it. Um, and usually what happens, though, when people do this to you is that other people will start to see through it. Yeah, I think that's um, true. And I've seen that happen many times uh, where, um, you know, even even in media, we see how even in, in media where um, they've gone above and beyond to uh, write their own narrative and people are seeing through all that. Um, so um, I think you uh, need to just if, if something egregious has been said about you, that's not true. Call out the personal attack and just say it's just not true. And I reject it um, and then move on. <laughs> yeah, and move on and focus on what you're really you know, what your mission is, right? And so at Moms for Liberty, our mission and, and our vision, our mission is defending parental rights at all levels of government, ensuring that mm -hmm. parents are, have the right in America to direct the upbringing of their own children. Um, so Pat, thank you for that primer about gaslighting. I mean, we, we, you know, we talk about people and life a lot. We don't always delve so deeply into some of these areas of psychology, but you came with um, a lot of great information today. And any closing advice? for people? Yeah. I mean, just don't let people manipulate you, right? Like yeah. see it for what it is. Don't be afraid. You know exactly um, what you're doing. You, you, you are your child's best expert. You are the expert on your child. Don't let anyone tell you different. And remember that we stood up and we speak out for the sake of those children and no amount of manipulation and abuse will deter us from ensuring their future and the future of America. I love it. That's why it's my favorite part of the podcast. Always leave this. Uh, always leave this part of the podcast smiling and knowing that you know it's 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 really great to be able to work with strong people who um, have the best interests of children and uh, are putting America um, in the future of our democracy and freedom. Um, at the I would forefront. just say I would just say that Moms for Liberty. Um, is one of the biggest weapons that we have against gaslighters because we have found our tribe and we can support each other. Um, so again, I want to say if you haven't found your tribe, if you don't have a chapter in your area, 
go to momsforliberty.org. See if you have a chapter. If you don't, start one. We're here to help. Have a great rest of your day, Pat. Tell your family I said hello. Bye. I will. Bye. Thank you. As always, we want to thank Pat Blackburn for her effort supporting joyful warriors around the country. And that's going to do it for this week's Joyful Warrior podcast. Join us next time. United we stand. Our children. Our choice. Our future.